Welcome back to Buffs and Blindsides, your favorite Survivor 45 recap podcast to listen to five days after the episode aired. I think we're on week nine now, maybe. I have no that, clue. That's correct. Okay. So spoilers ahead for that episode. Go watch on CBS or Paramount if you somehow haven't caught up yet. Uh, we're just getting out of this Thanksgiving week time warp too so uh yeah i heard evan has a lot to say about this episode so uh take it away <laughs> yeah i do have a lot to say but it's also 7 48 and we're filming this and i haven't eaten dinner yet so we're gonna do an incredible okay. job of staying on topic this episode speed run speed run with the fact that i have more notes from this episode than the previous five combined so we'll see how that goes um yeah uh, should, should we just jump right in tim I guess so. I guess maybe I'll just uh, actually. I'll actually, take wait, it back. I'll, can I'll I give start. a disclaimer real quick. Okay. Uh, I do have to warn everyone that I watched this episode like after Thanksgiving, so not only was I deliriously tired, but I was also like quite inebriated. So I just like we're gonna see how this goes. I might have to get like drunk for every episode from now on. Though we're gonna find out. Yeah. Sounds like a good plan. Maybe Go we'll see how this one goes. <laughs> there we go. OK, so I just kind of wanted to start with like, I did not watch this on Wednesday. I don't think you watched this on Wednesday either. No, I was a so, Thursday boy. I don't think I had it like spoiled for me in any way. Well, maybe in some ways. Um, not like I, I had no clue who was going home. Didn't really know what the challenges were or anything, but like some Reddit captions, they're like spoiler tagged, but the captions, like you can kind of tell what was going on. Um, I saw a lot of them that were just like, oh, I see where the season's going. And I'm like, okay. So another Bella's going home. <laughs> uh, Reba is going to go pretty far unless, until they have to cannibalize themselves or you know maybe someone from bello starts winning challenges bruce maybe um oh come on bruce. anyway reddit captions gave way too much away for this episode <laughs> um, See, at least yours got spoiler tagged i made the mistake of opening twitter on thursday morning uh just without thinking about it expecting to see like basketball stuff and just the first <laughs> tweet like the first line of the first tweet on my feed was who went home with no spoiler warning um, so I was pretty mad about that, TBH. Um, but yeah, it was still a good episode, nonetheless. It was a pretty good episode. I was on Survivor Twitter too on like Wednesday night, and somehow just like avoided it. Like I saw a bunch of tweets that were kind of like no context Survivor tweets, um, and somehow managed to scrape by not having it spoiled for me, but. You know, once I could kind of like do a little detective work and assume that someone from Bella was going home, it's like, okay, it's probably Kendra or Jake. Wow. Great deductive reasoning there. Yeah. Fair enough. Let's get into the episode, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Lead us in, Tim. Okay. Uh, so I guess we, we start with Jake coming back to camp really being like shocked to still be there 
mm-hmm. and that's pretty much uh, what we get from him. A great continuity pickup from Tribal Council, where he was also abundantly shocked <laughs> that he was still here. Probably to the point of, shut your damn mouth, but okay. Um, I also just want to highlight that I think the recaps this season have been really great. And like not just showing what happened in the last episode, but kind of reminding you of some things from like earlier episodes, reminding you right. of storylines and like setting you up for what's coming in the next episode. So a lot of this was about like the Kelly Bruce relationship as well as like kind of how Katura was flipping sides more to Reba. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just really set the tone well. So another another plus one for the editors from me. Yeah, I agree with that. It's uh, it's been good to see that that's kind of. I feel like they take that from maybe sitcoms or something. Yeah, I think so. Um, uh, and then going back to your point about Jake being like relieved how he wasn't going home back on the beach. Uh, another editing thing that I think this season has been the season of juxtaposition, right? Like I think back to the like uh, Kendra bemoaning how Bruce won immunity a couple episodes ago. This one was Kendra crying and like holding a little ceremony on the beach for Kelly, her her good friend who is departed. <laughs> um, and then Jake just like you can hear like while she's trying to have this moment, you can hear Jake just being like, I can't believe I'm still here. Oh, my gosh, I'm still here. <laughs> um, I, I really liked that uh, one two punch there from allies or uh, forced allies, I guess is probably more appropriate. Yeah. I think that was like a little after my next note, but like I Oops, thought sorry. it was funny that that uh, Kendra thinks that Kelly will vote for her just because they're friends or something. Like, yeah, I, I, I did a read on Kelly from the jury. Uh, like, I feel like she could be a bitter juror, but I I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I don't know about that. I just don't think that Kendra's playing a game that warrants a win right now. <laughs> I don't think Kendra's playing a game. Yeah, (laughs) I would agree with that. Um, We also have Bruce and he's just like absolutely shook to his core after this vote, questioning Mm -hmm. his life decisions. Yeah. I think we just see maybe a little of that at the beginning. And it's just kind of, I think, kind of a funny moment because we see that everyone's like, oh, yeah, we don't like Bruce. Kelly's like trying to basically get rid of Bruce at some points Mm -hmm. um, saying that he's basically like a drag on her game um, and he did not clearly did not feel the same way about her Um, so that was kind of interesting and funny to watch Um, the whole like I feel like we never understood really why Kelly felt that Bruce was dragging down her game. Like, I get she thought he was overbearing. But, like, an episode prior to her feeling that way, she was, like, rallying to try to save him, you know? So I just... I was curious where that feeling came from. I think the feeling is definitely just, like, Bruce is an overbearing uh, character. Okay. (laughs) Person. And maybe it's just, like, okay, he'll work with you. But he doesn't really want to hear you out. He wants he wants to vote his way. So he's happy to be that extra number. But if it's it's only if you're targeting the person that he wants you to target, maybe. Mm -hmm. I think that's the perception that I have of Bruce. That Um, makes sense. I also thought it was interesting. I thought it was interesting how when they got back to camp and uh, 
you know, as you said, he was shook and he was kind of trying to figure out what was going on. I thought it was first up interesting that Reba just like told him straight up like, yo, Kelly was targeting you. Like if it were me, I would have been like, yeah, he's not going to believe that it's going to sound like a lie, even though it is the truth. So I would have come up with something better. I was literally writing a note about like, this is a dumb thing to tell. Like he's never going to believe them. And then immediately like they panned to Bruce and confessional who like instantly believed them and took everything they said is truth, which it was, but it was interesting. It was an interesting moment to just see like how Bruce totally trusted them on that one. Made me think maybe a little naivete. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's a reminder of survivor and some of those bonds that you make. And like, you know, I think people are like, forget where it was later in the episode where it's like, I can't tell if this person's lying at tribal. And it's <laughs> like, people are kind of taken aback that someone would lie to them. Yeah, <laughs> it was, it was Kendra, right? What, that Austin lied about not having a vote or something. Yeah, that's what it was. Um, I think it's maybe just one of those moments where you like think you're building a bond with someone and then they clearly were not. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, what else did I get from that first nugget there? Uh, it seemed like Kendra was kind of going for D at some point. Katura at this point seems like full on Reba. Austin has his two idols now. Well, uh, let's talk about Katura there for a second. So I, I think what happened right after um, the Bruce moment in our episode was Kendra came up to Katura and said, hey, let's how would you feel about like D? I feel like D's too powerful. We need to get her out of here. And then Katura just immediately runs over to D and just more or less word for word spills exactly what Kendra said. Yeah. And it's just really making me question what is Katura's plan for winning this game? Because I don't right. think she has one. I think at this point to me, it already seems like she's playing for the 100k come in third spot. Mm-hmm. Like, by doing that, and by the way she's played in general, she's garnered no love from the Bellow people. That's for damn sure. And at the end of the day, the Reba 4 definitely like each other a lot as people so even if they turn on each other i think that vote still seems pretty solid for them you know i and so i'm like where does katura think she would ever get a single jury vote with the way she's played i don't like play to not win i i very much don't like that yeah i don't think it's a winning strategy but it's definitely more of like okay i might i might make it a few extra days or a few extra tribals by aligning with these people um but yeah, it's not it's not a winning play there for her. Yeah, but it's been her whole game summarized. It's just been like. She's just been living on an island and like she's playing the game. She's not one of those people like Kendra where I'm like, yeah, she's not really playing it. She's playing it. She's just playing it really shittily. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Uh, what else do I have? I feel like mm-hmm. right from that first that first um whatever nugget you want to call it Mm -hmm. (laughs) that we see before commercial like i'm already feeling like everyone on bellow just like misread things and should have flipped at this past tribal um you know it's easier to say in like hindsight and as an audience person like um now it's just feeling like okay this reba 4 is really strong and nothing's gonna break them apart it's too late to do anything 
Um, yeah, and the only way that things are going to happen is if people you somehow persuade someone from the Reba before to flip or like people shake stuff up with advantages or the game somehow shakes people up. It's like if this is going to continue the way it has been, um, there's really no stopping this Reba before. We've got a pagonging on our hands. Right. Yeah, like. It. it I mean, it's a really good strategy, but it makes for very interesting TV. And yeah, would agree. Um, it's pretty much Bella's fault for like being that fragmented and not reading that four as being a very strong voting block. Um, Which is interesting because this is one of those where I'm like, how much is it, are we getting like a sway perspective from the edit? Because I think there are some people who more try to like downplay their closeness and stuff, but I feel like Reba has in no way tried to do that. No. Like, again, it, are the only times they're ever talking to each other, the time shown on camera, and that's it? Maybe. But if the edited version is more like a, you know, representative portion of what we see on the island, like, how did they not pick up on that is, is wild. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get that. And maybe it was because they voted off Jay Maya and Sifu. I don't know if they, I don't know if they voted off Sifu. Who was on that tribe? I Oh I yeah, that's a good point. So I even, oh, it's uh, so hard. It's so complicated. Yep. Um but yeah, it's like the, it's a winning strategy and it's annoying because it's like if they didn't read it from the start of the merge, like mm-hmm. and people are getting picked off like that, it's <laughs> You can't really do anything. Yeah. And at this point, it's like they don't have the numbers anymore. So, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, I think after the commercial, Drew has like a very good confessional about Bruce. Um, at this Ooh. point, I'm feeling like, oh, what are you going to say? Okay, this is interesting. We disagree here. So just like as we the disagree. backstory, Bruce comes in and... um has a moment where he's more or less questioning, like, do other people in his life find him overbearing like Kelly did, like his daughter and his family. I actually felt really bad for Bruce in that moment. Or not like bad, but like that moment gave me a lot more respect for Bruce, I guess. Right. You know, I feel like a lot of times if like you're you are a more overbearing person, someone like points that out to you, you're just like, I'm not overbearing. You're the problem. Right. Or something like that. And Bruce really took it to heart in like a positive way. I hope like right. good conversations came out of this realization for him with his family, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but then to your point, like, so th- 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 that is more or less like Bruce is sad. It's not like, I don't think it was necessarily like Kelly going home that upset him. It's the fact that like he misunderstood his relationship with Kelly and he's wondering how that applies to his life. And then Drew just comes in, in his confessional and just goes, Bruce is sad because we have blown up his game. And I was like, I think you're misreading this one a little bit which I think it was more complex than that. His explanation, <laughs> but it was much more complex than that. I, I remember I him know. being, we voted out his closest ally and now he realizes how screwed he is. And he sees yeah. that like Reba's in control. And I think I that, thought that was a good read. Okay. I just, I don't really not... think that's why Bruce was upset. Like I feel pretty confident saying that's not why Bruce is upset. I mean, it can all be intertwined. Maybe it's like, okay, this overbearing personality really screwed me in the game, but it's also maybe 
potentially screwing me in life or I'm I don't know. Okay. It could be all intertwined. It, it definitely could be intertwined. It just seemed like one of those moments where Drew is like showing his rather socially inept game. Okay. It, it felt like a, it felt like a character moment highlighting that was meant to highlight how Drew had a bad read on things. Okay. Um at this point I'm thinking like okay, these confessionals so far are just straight up like very bare bones strategy explanations at this point it's all the it's all narration Mm -hmm. and that's how i felt about most of this episode Um, yeah that's fair yeah what else did we have at this point in general Uh, like with the narration i think there's like the two kinds of narration right there's like the one that's kind of speaking to strategy and like highlighting the finer points of what happened which is you know what drew was trying to do and i think like bruce reflecting on the move is that and then there are the confessionals that we got later in the episode which were a lot more um let me explain the twist that i have to do now and like that kind of stuff and i feel like those are two different sorts of like okay telling confessionals you know like one is narration one is x uh one is narration one is like the producers using the contestants to do the dirty work for him. And like, I definitely enjoy the former a lot, but I, I hate the latter. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's understandable. Um, it did feel like uh, towards the end, it was getting really like, okay, why is, why are the confessionals doing all the, the storytelling here? Why isn't, why aren't they just showing what's going on? Um, I think at this point they get the tree mail that's like, oh, you have to pair up, not pair up, uh, groups of three. Um, and then we get a bunch of confessionals about like, oh, this might be good for my game. Uh, this mm-hmm. is my strategy for picking my group. If you're, I think that was Drew's confessional. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, t- I feel like that that really felt that moment in particular felt like production making a big deal out of like a smaller moment and seeing players navigating like the smallest things. And I really like that Mm -hmm. because it's like, okay, we're really seeing how much every little twist or decision is affecting people. Um, Even when it's with the smaller thing like that, it doesn't even have to be like the big like oh, I'm going on this journey. Like, this is going to change my whole game. It's going to change my whole life, even. It's more so like, oh, I'm dealing with this uncertainty here. What could happen? Am I going to lose my vote? (laughs) Um, Which, of course, happens. But Um, anyway, was there anything else? Do we want to go to the challenge? I think before the challenge, right, Emily approached Austin and Drew more or less saying like, hey, is there any merit to taking out D here? She's got a lot of power, right? Um, And more or less, Austin and Drew, I I think, have like a very fair response. If we probably want to think about that, you know, is more or less what they say. Um, But then we get a confessional from Austin saying how like, he really likes D, he likes her a lot as a person. We start getting this hint of like, (laughs) that him having a crush on her, I'll say. and, and it was interesting to see like that story start to emerge. I was also interested by Emily's decision to approach those two first. Mm-hmm. Like, 
Um, I think if this is a move Emily wants to make to get D out, which I absolutely think is the correct move for her, I felt like if she was doing it at this juncture, the approach should have been to the Bellow people, right? It should have been to Kendra, Jake, Katura, and Bruce and say, let's do this. Um, What's the simple math on that? Wouldn't it, would it be it a draw? It would have been 5-4, right? Okay. Um, Emily, Kendra, Bruce, and Katura. That's and Jake. Four. Oh, and Jake, five. Now, okay. could, would Katura just run back to D? Maybe. Who knows? Um, but I just thought it was interesting to ap- approach D's like close to allies to bring yeah. up the idea. Like, I felt like if you wanted to, if you wanted to get D out using those two, wouldn't it have been more appropriate to wait like three more episodes before you tried that? I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I think that's something interesting to analyze. That's uh, a good point to bring up. Uh, I also I thought know. like this episode had a lot of like really great character moments where, um, you know, I, I always talk about like I like camp life as a way of learning about people. But this was a, a, a rare week where I felt like you learned a lot about people from strategy. Like Austin mm-hmm. had a confessional that was saying about how like he definitely sees where Emily's coming from. And like, logically that makes a ton of sense. Um, but at the same time, like he just likes D, you know, as a person um, and how that was going to be an issue for him. And I was like that it, it's very like typical of his, of his archetype, you know, that he was cast into. Um, and it's also like representative of his like duality he's got going in his personality, right. That we see later in the episode where he's like, you know, I give off the chill bra vibes, but like, I can do math. Um, and so I thought it was like, again, just a nice moment of like showing, not telling about like how a person operates. Yeah. Also, at that point, Austin really doesn't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, why would he make this risky move when he's sitting pretty with like D's basically a shield uh, and he's got two idols? <laughs> Either shield and he would still have some winner equity over her, I would say. Yeah. Um, yep. Like, I think Drew would probably be. And I think Drew was from it immediately seeming like more willing to make the D move, which makes sense because I don't think Drew has a resume at the moment that could ever be D. But like Austin got his or revenge. Yeah. Also, yeah. Also that. Like Austin I mean, got his revenge. Yeah, that's a great point. Maybe it can become a love triangle. Wouldn't that be fun? Love foursome <laughs> between the Reba. The Reba um, Anyway, I don't know. I, sorry I interrupted you. I don't know where I was going. On to the challenge works for me. Okay. I think the challenge opens with some epic drone shots. It does like a, a flip. It did. I that? love when they do the flip. I'm always <laughs> down for the drone flip. We get like one a season. And I always love it. Um, before we actually go to the challenge, the first part of the challenge is forming teams of three, right? Or I, I, I four teams of three. Yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting how that process happened. Like, again, a good character moment for Drew, where like, kind of like how we saw when the bag of rice got stabbed. Like, Drew is not afraid to act quickly, and so mm-hmm. when they like figure out how to like break these tribes up, of course, Katura does the like lawyer judicious let's just try to make all the teams fair as they proceed to make the teams fair in no way at all um (laughs) 
but then Drew just really goes, Jake D myself. And I was like, okay, that was quick. <laughs> um, I, I, I really liked this kind of like a wrinkle in it where it's like you're in these, you're split up into teams, but you have to split up into teams yourself. I thought that was yeah. cool. I would like to see more of that. I think it just adds little wrinkles. Um, this time it didn't result in anything too particularly interesting the way they broke out, but um, yeah. Yep. Cool. Uh, I didn't have too many notes on the challenge. It was kind of like this multi-stage thing that we've had in the past few seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if we had it last season. I just remember the Gabler versus uh, what's his face? <laughs> uh, oh, where like Gabriel just starts like naming off veterans that he's worked yeah, with. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was like the same challenge. Oh, uh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the reward for the challenge is a Costco rotisserie chicken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no utensils. Uh. And while we're at it, just let's take away some votes as well for the losing group. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, Survivor's not at all about having a vote. Uh, those are no. no, you just got to throw every single twist in there and remove all agency from every player. Um, that would be better. That's... I think what we should do is we should take away everyone's vote and just let Jeff chooses who goes home each week. Yeah. That sounds more that's entertaining. Cool. That's the way to do it. Yep. Um, you fix Survivor. Do you have anything to say about this challenge? Um, when the twist was announced, I went and wrote, quote, all three players losing their vote out is so fucking stupid. Why? That had about 22 whys in it. <laughs> um, taking their vote fundamentally ruins the game of Survivor. It removes any agency anyone can have. And my initial reaction, which I will walk back, but my initial reaction was that this is worse than the hourglass. Okay. Because I think a vote is so fundamental to Survivor. I hate taking votes. I hate, I hate, I hate taking people's votes away. I think it's, I think it's very stupid. I think it's very, it's like the only twist that I will say fully, like, moves away from the purpose of the game. Like, the mm-hmm. others add chaos and other stuff, and like, whether or not you like the individual advantage, whatever. I think taking someone's vote is like, fundamentally changing the basis of Survivor, and I don't like it. So to take three people's votes was egregious to me. But we will say they do have a tad, a tiny bit of agency in that they can get back their vote if they complete a math problem. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So there is that aspect where it's not like it's completely like okay, you lose this challenge, uh, you lose your vote. But I guess you could also take that a step further and say like, well, they should have done better in the in the challenge, uh, if they wanted to keep their votes. But whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, I don't think it's a good twist. I think it keeps people on their toes a little bit and could have switched things up a little bit but this week it just worked it kind of backfired in a way where it's like okay it made this divide even worse or it made, it, made, it made the reba advantage much stronger yeah i was so gonna say it, 
it would have been interesting if it might have worked the other way. It's like, okay, some Reba people lost their votes. Um, but that's not how it panned out. So I, I understand that it can make for interesting TV. It keeps people on their toes. It makes it harder for people to do like the mental math and like see where things are going. But like this week, it completely backfired. It, it removed any chance of like an unpredictable vote out that we had, you know? Right. Um, solidified that Reba would be deciding who goes home. In that vein, though, I do want to say, of course, there is the conditional that the people eliminate it, or the people who lose their votes have the chance to get them back at the challenge. So I, I don't think this is a good play, but it would have been an interesting play. I think there would have been some merit to Jake throwing the first leg of the challenge. Because hmm. Jake, D, yeah. and Drew, so... Really, you're taking two Reba votes in exchange for one, we'll say, Bellow vote, right? Mm -hmm. Again, this is where if Emily had communicated her desire to get rid of D earlier, it would have been helpful. I think that would have emboldened Jake to decide to jump off, right? Because they would have had the votes to get rid of her then. Right. I mean, that's smart, but it's also like you probably have like a very short amount of time to figure that out. <laughs> and also, it guarantees no Reba would ever vote for you to win the game. I feel like I feel like that is a level of like like throwing a challenge intentionally like that would be an uncomebackable thing, I feel like. So How maybe you know just that he wasn't, off the balance. He wasn't already trying. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He might have been. Um, anything else about the challenge? Mm, let me see. My notes closed. One moment, please. I thought the last the last uh, stage with the holding the plates or whatever was pretty entertaining. It was a good endurance challenge. Yep. Yeah, um, I agreed. I did like that last endurance challenge. The Julie Bruce Kendra group totally surpassed expectations. I thought they would absolutely get left in the dust and they didn't. Mm -hmm. um, Bruce immunity run. Br Bruce's Papa. That's what I wrote. Terry Dietz. Round yeah, two. Sure. Yeah, definitely. That would actually be that'd be awesome. I hadn't even thought about that. That would comparison. be interesting. Um, anything else? Once Bruce won immunity, um, like when he got it, you can compare his reaction the previous week to this week. It was like all hype the previous week. And like then this week, it was so like a docile. All he did was just say, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. And like this feeble voice. I was like, oh, my God, this man is completely <laughs> wrecked. He like, is shook. Like, people say Survivor changes you. Like that is definitely going to be true for Bruce. Um, and then immediately after that, uh, with another thank you, Kendra's thanks, Jeff. That was fun. I'm almost convinced that is what got her voted out this week. I think Drew decided in that moment he needed to vote her out. Yeah. Yeah, um, I guess that, that's all I've got for the challenge. <laughs> OK. Um, what was I going to say about the sanctuary? I think it was a confessional that Julie had where she said that she wants to go to the end with D. And I'm like, why? You'd get absolutely smoked. <laughs> I believe the quote was D's my girl. I can't vote her out. I want to take her to the end. It's like, first off, honey, she'll be taking you to the end. Secondly. Yep. 
you're getting taken to the end as a uh, zero vote finalist. I don't again, it's someone playing not to lose. She's uh, been played so hard that by D that she thinks that she's going to be the one taking D to the end. Yeah, it was wild. Uh, that was just a wild thing that I noticed. Um, anything, anyway, we're at we're at the sanctuary. Uh, who is it? Kendra, Bruce and Julie. Julie. And I guess they suddenly just decide that they're going to vote out Jake. Yeah, more or less. That's what happens there. Bruce <laughs> is really good at throwing move. his own allies names out. I got I got to give him credit. <laughs> um, although, to be clear, he, he does say that he's not aligned with Jake and feels no loyalty to him anymore. So not really an ally, but still. Um, interesting moment there. With kind like of delusional in some ways. <laughs> yep. Um, it was interesting that Julie was so on board with it, you know. Um, I think that made a lot of sense for her. Again, like, you know, we find out D ha- wants to get Kendra out because Kendra tossed out her name while Jake put down Julie's name. So, um, interesting power struggle there. I like that. I also like Julie playing her like I'm on the bottom card. Like, it's one of those like unnecessary lies that didn't yield anything, but I felt like it could have, and I thought I thought it was smart. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I guess maybe it's for the Bellow, too. It's more so just like, okay, I guess it's not me. I'll flip and join this join this other, uh, this Reba 4, and maybe I won't be on the bottom. Uh, I guess we'll both flip somehow, instead of just yeah. mustering up the courage to, like, flip someone from the other side or band together. Mm-hmm. Um, and do the math and figure out what's actually best for their game long term. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, they can't all flip. Like, who's going to be on the bottom next week? It's not. It's not a sustainable strategy there. And I think like this week was kind of dumb in that way. Yeah, um, I agree. Where like I think this week really could have been that week where we shake things up get people to flip whatever but it was just more of like okay this is the four that is running the game and to anyway, that point i already said that but i think we saw this last season that like a strong alliance of four people and, and last season to be clear was three um of course being the tk three and then they pulled it in heidi so i'm gonna count heidi as the fourth because she was a reliable vote for them for the last several weeks um mm-hmm. We're seeing that four people is far and away just the optimal number for an alliance these days. And I'm yeah. going to point out one, one key thing being the determining factor there. Fire making gives you the free out at four. You don't have to vote out that fourth person ever. Mm-hmm. And I think right. if you had to vote out a person at four, it really weakens that alliance structure. But knowing that you don't have to vote someone out at four gives you so much room just no like in general like four is not the problem like the fact is knowing that your last vote out doesn't have to be an actual vote out is mm-hmm. such an easy cop out that actually in a really strengthens alliances in a way that i've never thought about before um like as long as you have the however many numbers you take going into the fire making challenge you, you just have a free out um which i think is stupid i'm hoping we get like my wish is, like, if we're gun, going to get Reba 4 going all the way, 
I pray that Jeff makes them vote someone out at four and they don't do fire making this year. Of all the twists we could have, that would be a great twist. That would be very exciting. I would look forward to that. But yeah, like it would have been very interesting this episode if it was just like, okay, we have people from all three tribes working together and just form like a new alliance or something. But no. Or like maybe there's a fracture in that Reba 4 and it's two two versus two. I mean, like it kind of feels like there's always been that fracture where it's like guys versus girls a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, whatever. I uh, want to talk about this uh, shipwreck island, I think you like to call it. The name of it. It's, it's the official name. I didn't make that up. Oh, okay. I thought you made that. <laughs> no, that's been the official name since 41. All right. Um, I think would, Shipwreck Island was the last of the three groups we saw, because we actually saw back at camp first, right? Okay, it must not have been memorable, because <laughs> I did not have notes on that. See, I thought that was pretty memorable. I thought, okay, I thought Jake has the correct line of thinking and that he needs to be like a tool for this other tribe. Like, he needs to just be something they can use and, like, you know, he'll play to his adaptability in his final tribal. I think he'd have a good final tribal speech. But man, the way he did it there was, I thought, really naive. I mean, he seated. You know, he he did the initial brooch like earlier in the episode of like, hey, just let me be a number for you. Like I can help out, which a they don't need numbers. So I don't think that was the best argument. But then B, he just becomes like total like I'll do whatever you guys want. I'm just going to disappear so you all can talk like. (laughs) I'm not sure that was the smartest play ever. Oh, oh, yeah, this is. Like, if you leave him for five minutes to go figure something out, sure. I I got the vibes he was gone for, like, 30. Um, Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting that he didn't use this opportunity. Like, I think you should have viewed this as an opportunity to talk to two members of an alliance, right? Any information you get from that, you know, you can try to create chaos with. It it just felt like a missed opportunity to gain a, like, intellectual leg up, which is, again, like, in like harsh just juxtaposition to the way that you see Emily using the two person structure of like right how she's got only Austin and Drew really pulled in from that Reba for. Um mm-hmm. and we'll get to this more later, but she's gotten very good info from them and really is at, just asked them questions in a direct way and Drew answers pretty much all of them. Um yeah. and Drew was one of the people there that Jake could have been, you know, asking things to but instead Jake paints himself is a little dog who needs to be put down almost and <laughs> made himself very unnecessarily weak. I feel um, like Katura is also in a similar spot where it's just like, hey, I guess I'm going to work with you guys and give you everything. Yeah. It, <laughs> I'll it, do whatever. Yeah, and Katura's is even more confusing because she didn't have to be that way. That was a choice. I think Jake does need to play from the mindset of, oh, I've got to work with these people somehow. I just don't think he's yeah. doing that correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I guess this is the whole scene with the rice, too. Yeah, it was. Indeed. Okay. Which really People. had some strong reactions from social media. That was yeah, one of the I was going to say, I people, like, about. lost it over that. Like, you know, people are, like, mind- mildly rude to each other this season, and people are like, villains are back. <laughs> I know. It's wild. Like, you think about some of the stuff they did early on in this show, or I guess not super early, but, like, in the 10s to 20s, man. Like, this was nothing. 
Remember when people were, like dumping yeah. out water can or hiding water canteens? People were like dumping out food supplies. They were um, just like eating irrational amounts of food and stuff when people were gone on rewards. Um, it was I mean, it was very get voted out over that kind of stuff too. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's also part of it. Um, yeah, I think my take for from that is just which I've you know. I guess adopted from social media is it's like these past few seasons have been so over like I I don't even know what the word is for it just like overly positive and overly like we're all a family kind of thing that like now it's like when people act normal (laughs) like you know you go to the office and there's some people that you just some coworkers that you just don't like and you know might be kind of jerky too or maybe a little treat a little different than other yep. coworkers that you prefer to work with and people it, are like oh my god this person's a villain yeah um, which I, I i another thing that really seemed like it uh had made some waves in social media was is the classification of is d a villain um which is an interesting question so. I guess this is a combination of probably that action and maybe being a bit being a little bit cutthroat and also maybe uh having a large ego. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a combination of all of those things and I think people are conflating those things of just like you know, maybe being a little bit more um uh, cutthroat and uh strategic scheming whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. um and also that combination of maybe doing some things where it's like i'm not going to be nice to this person <laughs> i don't know yeah i don't I mean, know where I, i'm going with that i do think she like classifies a villain because there was a lot of people saying she's not a villain and like i think she is like to a t a new era villain like she's not overtly awful like we had russell hans back in the day just shit right. talking people over their face but you're not gonna have that ever again like let's just I get think, the model of villain out of our head right. or if you do they're gone in an episode you know um you'll never have what we used to have with like russell doing that um i think d is a new era villain but i'm also trying to be like a little careful in saying that because how much of that is coming from the edit i feel like a lot of the things that make me say d is right. more villainous are things that are like feel very selectively picked out of the edit where I think they're trying to craft a villain narrative for her. Mm-hmm. I think it holds yeah. up. I don't know if villain is the right guy. word. She's a villain. Maybe anti-hero. I, uh, I was just going to say antagonist. Like, she's a good antagonist. For yeah, them. that's like, yeah, that's apt. It, it's someone that you want to see, like, not make it to the end and maybe win, but... <laughs> At the same time, I enjoy her and she's playing a good game. If she gets to the end and wins, I'm not that disappointed. Oh well, someone who was like, a little meaner yeah. than than. We're all lovey dovey family. I would vote myself out before any of the rest of them. <laughs> like, if if we can get like a little bit harder nosed of a winner, that that is a okay in my book. I feel like we also don't see enough of D and her strategy to like really classify her as like a villainous character. Yeah, we like it seems I, like. It just seems like, like you said, like they're just picking everything we see from her is kind of villainous or like that cutthroat nature, very um, competitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, we don't really 
see a whole lot of her it just feels like those nuggets that we have seen it's like oh maybe she's a threat yeah um that feels she's willing to throw people's name out and everyone's willing to agree with her and just like go with her plans um Mm -hmm. so i don't know i enjoy that we have someone being a little bit meaner though i I, going back to our key point i enjoyed that scene i thought it was fun it felt like a little bit like older survivor again and i was all for it i was very surprised how many people thought it was like a despicable deplorable act of like that's sending her straight to hell I also feel like that stuff probably happened on the seasons before, like other new era seasons, and like we just didn't see it. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm sure that happens every season. Yeah. People are gonna take a little bit more rice. People are gonna eat other people's food. Like it's not that big of a deal. But uh wonder how Jake felt watching that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll anyway. See. Uh so we go back to the shipwrecked island. Um, do you want to go through this? It seems like you were very intrigued by this whole twist. <laughs> uh, well, my you first might have had a lot is, of notes. I actually don't. I have no notes on okay. this entire section. <laughs> um, but my first thought is, do you think that they had a different, like that they had a couple different options of challenges to pick from? I felt like this challenge seemed very catered to this group to me. Huh. Like I yeah, bet there was like a strength uh, option or a like balance thing, and I I don't know something about this one. I just feel like the math getting picked for this group made a lot of sense. Like again, you get the financial analyst, you get you get the what is is Austin a software developer or is he a grad student? I can't remember what he is. Um, and then Katura is uh, obviously got a good head on her shoulders. Like. Um, it just felt very catered, and it made me like, oh, I wonder if they have extras. That's all. There's no other greater point here, but an interesting little tidbit. Yeah, when you bring that up, though, it maybe also speaks to the fact that they're just catering to the general people that they cast on Survivor these days. Yeah, true. <laughs> all they're... these very uh, logical-minded, maybe math-strong people. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but that was an interesting thought, Evan. I like that. Thank you. Um, thank you. Anyway, I think you were just saying that this whole challenge, like, it didn't seem that tricky. I think I probably would have figured it out. It just wasn't tricky. I mean, I'm a math guy, right? So I have to preface it with this. But when they pulled out this challenge, I said, okay, I want to see how long this takes me to do it. It took about 35 seconds um, for me. And so I asked him to do it to see if it was like, oh, is it just (laughs) like my math brain and I got lucky? Or is it like... Could the average person do this as quickly as I thought they could? Um, it like my strategy did involve more math, so I won't go into that. But the other strategy is you have three plus signs and one minus sign. If you make the initial base hypothesis that you're going to split your ten nu- or what is it, eight numbers, ten numbers, right? I don't remember into evenly chunked groups, right, where each of them are two digit mm-hmm. numbers. There are only what is that? There are only four different permutations of things you can do, right? And furthermore, from there, if no matter what, you should only need two math problems to get this done. You should, if you put the minus sign before or like in the correct spot right away, which I think is a logical assumption if you're just going, I'm going to move the minus sign from left to right across my mm-hmm. two digit number sets of pairs, like you would get it on your first try. 
right? And if you don't put it there and you put it somewhere else for whatever reason, what you would see is there's like no way that your number will ever go below 100 unless you subtract right. the biggest thing out from the 98, which is the 76. Yeah. Um, and so to me, it was just like, I, 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 even though, you know, Emily stated that she's not good at math, I just didn't think this was like really that much of a math puzzle to me. Like, yeah, you did have to do addition and subtraction, but I think most people ha- can do addition and subtraction with two-digit two digit numbers, you know? Um, I, I was surprised only one out of three got this. I was very surprised only one out of three. And the one that got it took the entire timer. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say, like, it didn't look that tricky. I think I probably could have figured it out. But at the same time, like, I remember back in the days, back in my days of doing Scholastic Bowl, and you'd have a math problem, and it's like, you have 30 seconds to do this math problem. Uh... I just could not do it for the life of me. I could not figure I'm not that good at math to begin with, but just like under that pressure of knowing that you have a set amount of time to figure out this math problem. Uh, that's a little bit daunting to me and maybe will throw you off a little bit, but that's uh, fair. That's simply fair. I also probably am not at properly underestimating how much the hunger affects your ability to do that. So right. Or else we need to factor yeah. that one a bit more. Anyway, so Austin's the only one to get that, uh, get his vote back, and then he eventually goes back to camp and lies about that. <laughs> yeah. That they all lost their vote. Um, I was curious. Interesting, interesting twist that, like, oh, okay, no one knows that you lost your vote, and you can kind of, you know, play it however you want. You could say, like, oh, I, I I was able to get it <laughs> when you did not. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it's again the production thing of creating as many possible ways to play the game as as possible. Um, I was confused by this move solely from the standpoint of I like if the numbers were tighter, I totally understand it. But I wasn't sure what you gained from lying about it when you solidly had the numbers. Yeah, I don't know. The one additional vote did not help them at all. You know what I mean? Like they, they well, well, it ended up being eight to one, right? Mm-hmm. So like, I just don't know what the gain was there. Where I feel like I don't think anyone's actually gonna do the math and be like, oh, this was the vote they revealed on the thing, which means there were this many total votes in the bucket, which means one of them was lying about having their vote back. You know, I don't think anyone's gonna do that math. But I'd like to see it become a big deal because I don't like. I don't understand people who lie in Survivor just to lie. We don't see very much of that these days, but this was one of those where I'm like, there's no gain to doing this. I guess you could maybe make people scramble a little bit more, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like, nominal at best. Making things a little bit more unpredictable and make people a little bit more desperate can change things up, but yeah, it was kind of dumb. It was a moot <laughs> point, yeah. And I feel like at Tribal, it was like, Wait, this person might be lying. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like at that point it felt very obvious that he had his vote. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I think everyone kind of figured it out. Yep. Um. Anything before tribal? I feel like um, I just used my notes to rant about the same thing I said before. It's like 
I just want to I want to see someone shake things up. Yeah, the only thing I really have in this section was, well, first off, um, Kendra comes up to I believe it's Emily. I didn't write down who it was. Um, and she was saying, yeah, like, I think I think we should vote Jake. And then Emily just goes like immediately. Well, yeah, there's no other option. So we have to vote Jake. And I was like, <laughs> whatever tells me that there's no other option when I am very obviously the other option. <laughs> that was, the, the sirens would be wailing. That's but Kendra's so just like, yeah, sounds good. Which I thought was funny. That is um, funny. Uh, and then uh, immediately parlaying off of that, once Emily hears that, like, you know, Kendra and Julie and whatever are all thinking, um, are all thinking of voting Jake. It was interesting how she goes back then to, I can't remember if it was just Drew or Austin and Drew, and says, so this is like what I'm hearing that we're voting Jake. And then immediately, like, or uh, I think it's Drew goes, well, we've been hearing Kendra. And then Emily just like right in their face goes, from whom have you heard Kendra? I loved the whom <laughs> as part of it. Um, like, you know, in her voice, like from whom have you heard Kendra? Yeah. And uh, I thought like, again, going back to my point earlier about Jake not asking questions, like she's so direct and they just tell her they're like, yeah, that's like what, what D was throwing around. Um, <laughs> so I assume Emily probably extrapolated that little bit of knowledge that it was D, but I thought it was a nice way of like bringing up how it appears D might be calling a lot of the shots right now and how that's something you want to keep fresh in both Austin and Drew's heads. Right. Um, shall we go to tribal? We shall go to tribal. Okay. My note about tribal is I thought it was interesting that they spent like probably half of tribal talking about the last tribal. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it really also felt like Jeff like already kind of sees where things are going to go anyway. Yeah. <laughs> like, like he also did the math and figured out like, OK, if no one's throwing out any advantages or shaking things up, blowing things up, this is just going to I can see where this is going to go. Um, yeah. I don't I don't really remember, but like usually there's like, OK, it's either this person or this person. And Jeff talks to both of those people. Did that happen? Was he talking to Jake and Kendra? I feel like he was definitely talking to Kendra a lot. Yeah, he talks to both of them. Um, Jake got handed a golden opportunity when Jeff asked the, like, how did you feel last tribal council question? I alluded to Jake's very poor jury management in the... Well, it started really great because he's got Caleb on his side, but then really poor jury management the second vote off with Kelly. And he gets handed this golden opportunity to, like, kind of apologize or just say that like he was so caught up in the moment he wasn't like processing through how she was feeling all this stuff like it would have been so easy you would have had that one like clean and amended and instead he just goes off more about like how he was he was just so surprised and it was so great and i'm like look at kelly's face right now and tell me you think this is a smart thing to be talking about please <laughs> jake's jury yeah. jake's ability to read people is very lacking at the moment yeah yeah i don't know i feel like from my logical point of view, it's like, oh, he was just very excited to still be around. But like when you're around people who are like um, clearly emotional and very upset to be have been voted out and not playing this game anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, that was not the correct read there. Um, yeah, definitely. Did you have anything to add or can I add another thing? No, go for it. 
I think Jeff was the one that said that, or maybe it was someone, but I have here in quotes, these mystery votes will play a big part. And then I wrote, sure, but like the audience can do basic math. Like we know what's going to happen here. So it was no every twist they've ever added to the game makes television more interesting and is in no way a bad thing. How dare you, Timothy? I guess. Okay, I guess you can say like, oh, maybe people are big Jake fans or big Kendra fans. And it's like a big deal. Like which one goes home at this point? I'm like, neither of these people feel like they have what it takes to win this game. I don't really care who goes home. I mean, Jake's at least trying to play a bit, but like, I have no clue what Kendra's strategy is in this game, aside from making friends with people and holding grudges and whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, yeah, I don't know. At this point, as an audience member, I'm just like, I do not care who goes home. I know it's going to be one of those two. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, that's pretty much how I felt. Like, I don't really. It just feels like we're heading to that Reba clash, you know. Um, if Jake survives next, I mean, yeah, if Jake survives next week, I would be, I'd be shocked. There will be some stupid twist that will make it so he survives next week, and I'll look like a moron. But <laughs> if it were a vanilla week of Survivor, I would be shocked if Jake was gone next. Especially like they might throw votes on Bruce, but Bruce has the idol, so like obviously he's fine. Um. They want to flush that idol, though. They want to convince him that he's not going home. <laughs> yeah. That's the plan. Um, that they fail yeah, miserably at every week. When they have forlorn looks on their faces anytime he does something decent at the immunity challenge. Yep. Going back to my past comment, it was kind of like what I was saying a few episodes ago about like this dramatic irony of like, Okay, maybe on the island they don't know what's going to happen and how these twists are going to work out, but like this season it's very clear how things are shaking out and like yeah. it it does not make it interesting. It's like to be watching people kind of clueless again about the game while we know what's going on. Um mm-hmm. And there really isn't like I guess in past seasons you would have like that one person that you're really rooting for that's like the mastermind and they're masterminding this plan and everyone else is falling for it or whatever. Yeah. And you can root for that person. This season it's not like that. It's just like, okay, we have four people who are running this game. Um I do like Austin. I I kind of see moments where I like Drew and D as well, but like I don't know. None of them are like survivor all timers. No, I don't I don't think this cast has too many survivor all timers. Like um the season's cast has been I I, I want to walk back some of my 45 hate that I've maybe had earlier in the season because I think these last two episodes have had a lot of promise and a lot of good things showing, but to your point, it doesn't feel like any of these people will really stand out like it's season 50, right? When we're casting that, whatever it's going to be. Right. Let's pretend it's, you know, some sort of all-star. I don't think any of these people would even be in the conversation. I'm sure no. one of them will be. Um, we'll see if, you know, if this ends up ramping up in, like, the actual gameplay entertainment value. Like, I think this season's done all, been entertaining from, like, great editing, a lot of it. Like, the good mm-hmm. episodes have been well-edited episodes that have made them entertaining. It's not, it's not entertaining gameplay. No. Or an entertaining cast. <laughs> Yeah, outside of Jake just making sound effects constantly. 
Um, I was recently like I, I was listening to another Survivor podcast and they had done they they brought up confessional counts. Was and it on fire with Jeff Probst? It was not. No. <laughs> oh. Um, and uh, Jake has I think it's the the second lowest confessional count of the current huh. group that remains, which shocked me. It absolutely floored me. And I guess it, it made a little more sense when I thought about like how early he didn't really have that many. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think he's felt so present because I, I, I rewatched both the last two episodes since I watched this one for the first time. And um, the amount of times you just hear Jake in conversation is crazy. Like he just talks <laughs> so much on the beach and he every scene he makes at least one or two sound effects that are heard. Even if he's not talking, he he grunts or he, he goes to point, whoa, or something. And you hear that. So he's just been a lot more visible than like he's actually, you know, than him directly talking to the cameras, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, or uh, something with his Boston accent. Yeah. Um, do you have much else to say about this episode? Oh, uh, we did get a Jeff Probst King of Sass moment. I can't remember exactly what it was. I think it had something to do with Drew when he was making his sword of whatever that I didn't understand what the reference was to. Um, <laughs> but he, he just like sat back and crossed his legs and was like, okay. And I was like, all right, all right, Jeff. Maybe these quitters have finally pushed you back to your old form. And I'm down with that. Um, I also thought it was funny how throughout, I mean, have we ever had a jury be that present at a tribal or that showcased at a tribal that is not the final tribal. Like the producers were kind of like, keep putting Caleb and Kelly on screen. I'm sure part of it is that they were actually like talking with each other at the tribal, which I think doesn't happen all the time. But I just thought it was funny how much they were showing those two. Really stood out to me. Yeah, I feel like that's a new era thing of having the jury mic'd. <laughs> yeah. Like in the past, they, they did not seem like they were mic'd or have an opportunity to speak or whatever mm -hmm. even thrown in the edit um i didn't really like there are some people on reddit i think that were like why are they letting them talk so much and like why is this so why are they taking up time in tribal showing the jury so much i'm like and, that's one of the most interesting things you can do with tribal I, sorry i mean it is pretty interesting i will say but like at the same time like i'm not butthurt about it <laughs> i don't understand why people are butthurt about it it's interesting. It is truly one of the most insightful things you can get from Tribal Council is like the current state of mind of the jury at this moment, you know? Um, right. Not that we like super got that, but we definitely got that Kelly is like still bitter. Granted, this was, I think, uh, when I did the day math, this was only one day removed from her vote out. Mm -hmm. um, so like it was very fresh for her. So I'm sure it's very reasonable for her to be angry and salty. But like the fact she was was very clear. And I think that's right. it's just a useful insight to have when you're thinking about like how is the rest of this game going to go? How are votes going to shake out when it comes to the jury? Um, clearly, she is not happy about her blind side, and uh, I enjoy getting info on the jury and the way they vote. Like when we had that section, I can't remember what season it was, but basically, like each of the jurors said what they wanted each of the finalists to show, or like what they wanted to hear from the group right. to decide their vote. And I, I just think any jury insight is super good, especially without Ponderosa videos anymore. Like, you need something to have a way of gauging them. Otherwise, you get results like 43, where we have a winner and everyone, literally the entire world is just like, the fuck? 
Um, yeah, I think also like the the format for the final tribal. I forget how they actually changed it, but I don't think the new format really helps. Like, I feel like the the questions now really suck. <laughs> yeah, they do. Because um, it's a conversation. It, it's not question. I want interrogation. Oh, that's that's what it is. Yeah. Like, I liked when P- I think the um, having the players do the confessional, the jury do their confessionals about what they want in a winner is their way of replacing having everyone ask a question. Um. Which is, I guess, okay, but I really miss having like every single person like asking a question, even if some of those questions were really dumb and a waste of time. <laughs> Fair. Whereas, like, pick a number between one and ten. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whatever. But sometimes they're really insightful in getting like people's. I mean, you still kind of get it where some people are trying to get players to take credit for their game or um you know see where they might be able to take some credit in their game but like it's it's not the same as it was before where you could kind of see where people are leaning Mm -hmm. Um, and where people flat out told uh some of those that final three like i am not voting for this person you have my vote whatever yep so I miss that. I miss the old final tribal and I miss the old reunion shows. Yep. But I was actually thinking about how like with Bruce's confessional this week about like saying how he wants to talk to his daughter. So I'm like, this would have been such a good moment to actually have like a reunion, an old school reunion question for him about like, how did that go? How, you know, did you have that conversation, et cetera? Um, and so it just made me again, miss the, the old reunion show, the old, the old finale format in general. Yep. Um, oh. do we have a minute to talk about winter equity? Let's yeah, zoom out. Let's zoom out from the big picture. At the, at the current state of the game, you know, things change, especially in the new era. It seems like all you really need is one marquee move towards the end in your set. Mm-hmm. But between the current moves that have been made and the way we've seen the edit, this really feels like a three horse race at this point. And even then, it's really okay. a two horse race to me. Like, the way we're getting billed is we are setting up for a showdown between D and Emily, right? Mm-hmm. I think that showdown will happen before the final tribal. I think one of them will get voted out by the other. Um, and so I think those two have good winner equity, and I think Austin has decent winner equity. But I think he is a tier below those two at the moment, just based on people's perceptions. Does anyone else right. in this cast have any winner equity at the moment? I don't think so i don't think any of the rest of them do which feels pretty wild any of them have equity i think they that people definitely have the opportunity to do stuff um that can like i still think it's a little bit anyone's game in some ways because you know we still have a few tribals left and people can make some big moves and if there is a shake-up of some sort if someone does pull a move on one of those Reba four D Austin, whoever, uh, that could be some winner equity, but like, yeah, you're right at this point. Like no one else outside of those three people you mentioned, like have really done anything spectacular Mm -hmm. in this game that warrants a win. 
Yep. Um, I just think that's going to be an interesting thing to keep an eye on. It really feels like there's going to be a lot of big move. There, it feels like there should be a lot of big move itis this season coming up. Like, right. I, 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 I think Drew should be foaming at the mouth for the opportunity to vote out D and claim that as his move. I will also say um, they're filling up the jury with Bellow people right now. So True. if we do have a bitter group and say the final tribal is two Reba and one Bellow, how do you think that's going to pan out? Or like someone like. It, it might be interesting to see how the Reba people are going to differentiate. Well, this is my move versus uh, something like, is this is this really your move or is this something that I came up with and we just did together? We voted together on this thing, um, which we definitely saw last season with like Jam Jam versus Carolyn. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was kind of annoying to watch on TV. but Especially because Jam Jam did it so much better than Carolyn, and you knew she was more involved in the moves than she was making it seem like. Like, she wasn't doing a, a good job defending herself. Right. She, yeah. she. I think she probably had, from her actions, an equal chance of winning. They, yeah. But she didn't have the strong social game, I guess. Um, and was, had a bad final tribal. I mean, a really And bad. had a very bad final tribal, as I was about to say. But... Um, Sorry. <laughs> or at least I was thinking it. I don't know if I was about to say it. It was in my head. Um, yeah. As we said, I I don't think uh, you know. I think it's really still anyone's game, partially. But like, I agree. It's definitely still anyone's game. Anyone makes the right moves from here, they're going to win because no one's done a good enough job solidifying themselves as a front runner at the moment. Right. But it just kind of seems like with the way people are talking and thinking, I'm not sure that's necessarily coming. And uh, it'll be interesting. I'm curious to see how this all plays out. Yeah. And I think it's also interesting, I think, like, last season on the pod maybe i was talking about like how we're after the merge it's always just voting off the most uh strategic players and i guess we're now finally getting it where it's like okay we definitely have some strategic players still in the mix here um Mm -hmm. and it's it's maybe kind of interesting but like you know there's not there's not the signature survivor scrambling that I miss um, so so dearly <laughs> or the big moves. I miss the big moves. Um, anyway, I don't have anything else to add. I think we should end this episode. Let me see. No, no, no. We're missing one other thing. This oh, was my God. interesting recap or not recap. Uh, look ahead. That I can okay. remember. This one had me salivating. Okay. The Emily to Bruce, like, first off, just those two talking at all was kind of wild. But then Emily saying to Bruce, if we take this shot, we cannot miss. Ooh, oh boy, that sounds fun. <laughs> then uh, the Austin and D, like, little, like, cuddling up, laughing together tease. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Are we going to get another showman? Oh, boy. How exciting. Um, 
And then I also liked the Jake and Drew, which this goes exactly against what I was saying earlier, where Jake was like very defiant to Drew. But then we get um, Drew saying, why does it have to be me? And then Jake just goes, conversation's done. Because it is. <laughs> uh, and I was like, okay. Power I dynamics like are a moving. I can't tell I how much like, of this is fake, but okay. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like a solid 80% of the things you mentioned there are, uh, it, it's bait. <laughs> it's yeah, I'm sure it's going to amount to anything. We're never going to no. actually see any of those lines or anything. They're all going to get cut the, for time. The line where it's like, we better not miss, like, oh my God, like, that's such a cheesy <laughs> line that they grab from a confessional where someone's trying way too hard. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Um, Man. Anyway. I, I, I was intrigued. I think it's a great teaser. Um, I think there's a couple other things just real quick too. With D, we um we talked about how like he was the one who wanted to vote Kendra. Ultimately they did vote Kendra, but it sounded like the vote had flipped to Jake, and then she just kind of gives us this thing of like, I want Kendra gone, so I'm gonna see what I can do to make it Kendra. I hope we get more of that. I hope we get the explanation of what she did to make it Kendra. I think we mm-hmm. also saw something interesting in that um Jake or sorry, Drew. Drew seemed frazzled by D. Like when she was kind of forcing her her Kendra agenda, Drew right. seemed very I don't want to say hesitant, but he seemed very um frazzled by that, which I thought was interesting. And I had this like vision. Throwback to a couple weeks ago when D was the sole vote for Sifu and no one else voted for him. You remember that? Like they were gonna vote for him and then they like didn't work out for whatever reason, so they like right. everyone else switched. Something about that is just giving me like that vote is going to be very proleptic of D's vibe where D is going to be like headstrong on something and not reading that other people are not as enthused about the option. Right. As she is. And I got this like this will be her downfall vibe. So just putting that prediction out there. I think she's going to push too hard on a vote. Clearly it worked out for her this time. I think we're going to see that change and eventually she's going to push too hard on one people are not down with. And it's going to be a problem. Yeah, that sounds like a good read. Uh, On that bombshell, we'll be back not next week, this week with another episode of Buffs and Blindsides. Peace, everybody. Thanks for listening.